0: You are listening to the Fancy Free Podcast, where my guests and I tell our most embarrassing, funny stories so that we all feel less alone in our imperfections and forge connection through vulnerability and humor. I'm Joanne Jarrett, and I'm your host. And today I have with me Dr. Jordana Quinn, board-certified physical medicine and rehabilitation physician. She recently opened her own regenerative and anti-aging medical practice in Golden, Colorado. She helps high-achieving executives achieve a hot and healthy lifestyle by focusing on natural ways to improve health and beauty. She performs stem cell procedures to help prevent orthopedic surgeries. She coaches busy female executives on work-life balance, and she performs aesthetic procedures for patients to look as young as they feel. Georgiana, thank you so much for being with me today. Yeah, thanks
1: for having me. I'm excited to have fun. Awesome.
0: Yeah, thank you. What did I miss about who you are and what you do?
1: I think that was a good summary. I'm a physical medicine and rehab doc. I found this world of regenerative and anti-aging medicine after about a decade of practicing kind of in a traditional medical practice doing spinal injections and just traditional pain and sports medicine and didn't really think I was maximizing my reach and my ability to truly affect people's health and people's lives, which my background personally is I've been a lifelong athlete and true health advocate. and diet and lifestyle and all those things. So, you know, in medicine, we just kind of get, I feel like funneled into working for the insurance companies and prescribing medications. And we don't have time to actually see patients the way we probably anticipated when we were in medical school and change their lives. And so I found this type of medicine and it fit my just moral compass as a human. And I think since Mm -hmm. practicing regenerative and anti-aging medicine, I mean, I really focus on health in patients and patients who want to live a healthier lifestyle and I have fun in medicine. And so that's it.
0: Awesome. That's so great. I mean, what do we really all want? We want longevity and quality of life, right? And you're helping patients to maximize their longevity and their quality of life while they're here. Yeah. I feel like that's such an untapped area of medicine. And that if we could focus more on the foundation of our health, we'd have a lot less problems down the road. And so I feel like it's key, not just for, you know, looking good and feeling good, but for really having the quality of life in our elderly years. Totally. There has to be a foundation laid early. Not that we can't always optimize things down the road, but laying the foundation for that, the earlier the better, I think. So I'm excited about that. I think that might be where medicine is going you know, I hope so. Anyway, yeah. Truly.
1: I mean, I think, you know, also as physicians, and maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but like, if we really want to affect change in the world and in lives. I mean, I have three young kids at home and they're going to do what I do, not do what I say. Right. So I have to yeah, live the yeah. life of like eating healthy and exercise and things like that. And then they want to do it because they want to be like me. But if I sit on the couch mm-hmm. and eat Doritos and curse, like that's who I'm going to make mm-hmm. into a human. <laughs> and yes. so, you know, to truly affect change in the world, not only do I want to Emulate it for my kids because now I have three people who hopefully can pass on that to the people that they talk to. When you're healthy, you feel good and you walk around with a smile and put that positive energy in the world. And that sounds cheesy, but it's true.
0: You can light up somebody else's day just with what you're putting out there.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: So not only are you affecting the environment and the mood for your children, you are modeling healthy living for your children. They're going to therefore go and hopefully model that not only for their children, for everyone else that touches their sphere of influence. And then you can try to teach your patients to do the same. It's going to have this massive ripple effect. I love it.
1: Totally. I see any type of person, but I really like focusing on females and high level executives because I feel like I can relate, right? I mean, being a female, Mm -hmm. I support my family financially. So I'm like a busy mom of three. Plus I own my own business. Plus I do all these things so I can relate to people who say I don't have enough time exercise or I don't have enough time to focus on my mental health because there's always time. It's just how we choose. Like I said, I see all people, but I see a lot of just executives in general. And so I can affect lives that way, but also just with the aesthetics component and focusing on the beauty side. I want people to respect me for my brain, but I also want to be attractive, right? And I think that's Absolutely. (laughs) You want
0: to be appealing and beauty is a part of being appealing. You're going to be more effective in this world the more appealing you are. That's just the way it is. Totally. Yep. Okay. So you have three kids. How old are they?
1: They're ten, nine, and 6.
0: Holy cow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) How long have you lived in Colorado?
1: For 10 years. I moved here when my daughter was four months old.
0: Oh, wow. That's a hard time to move.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, it was like right after residency. So, you you know, it's a life change at that time. Anyhow, no matter how you look at it.
0: You had your babies in residency?
1: Just my first one.
0: Oh, okay. Wow.
1: Yeah, that wasn't easy, but... Fortunately, in physical medicine and rehab residency or fourth year, I mean, like many residencies, it gets easier. So I wasn't doing inpatient. I was doing outpatient. And so I could manage that better.
0: Oh, my gosh. Crazy. Okay, let's go into your rapid fire questions. What is your superpower?
1: (laughs) My superpower is being able to relate to people. I could relate to high level executives and I can relate to probably a crackhead on the street. Like I can always find something in common with pretty much anyone.
0: That was really, really a good attribute to have in a doctor.
1: Yeah. I never thought about it, but I truly love people. And so it's just easy for me to relate to people.
0: I know. I loved all my patients too. That's one of the things I miss because I don't practice anymore. But I just thought they were all fascinating, wonderful people for the most part, you know, because most people are. And it's just so neat to be able to acknowledge that and tap into it.
1: Well, everyone has a story, right? And as humans, like our innate desires right are like love and we want to eat and we need to be fed and we need to sleep and so no matter what you know we've all had hardships and love and maybe we've all been hungry yeah. at some point or whatever it is you know i'm being very generic but so there's always That's something right. you can relate to with someone i don't know so it's fun to hear people's stories
0: you come at any human interaction looking for common ground i love that i feel like this world would be such a wonderful place if everybody approached human interaction that way agreed Okay, what's the scariest thing you've ever done for fun?
1: Oh, so I'm an adrenaline junkie, so I've kind of done a lot of things, I guess. So I put scary and my favorite things in the same oh, exact cool. category. So skydiving is was one of the most fun, scary things. It's actually more fun than scary for me. I just recently went heli-skiing or heli-snowboarding, which wasn't... I. Wasn't really scary. Again, it's like the adrenaline junkie in me of like, oh my gosh, this wide open, beautiful mountain. Those two things I think most people would put more in the scary category, but to me, it's just fun.
0: That's awesome. Wow. you know, I, <laughs> hate, I hate adrenaline of all types. I <laughs> would so, know, like in the natural born anti-ER doctor. I could never, ever, ever do that. I don't like thinking on my feet. Obviously, we all have to think on our feet a little bit, but I like to be able to sit and be more cerebral. But I was actually a gymnast growing up. What was your sport growing up?
1: I was a gymnast also growing yeah. up. Yes. I mean, <laughs> that's awesome. Now I kind of do everything. So I was a gymnast and then I was a springboard diver in college and then I quit diving in college and I, I was in University of Virginia for residency and mountain biking and I still do that a lot like everyone else in Colorado. Uh (laughs) i went to a parkour gym once i felt like a kid in a candy store because they had like a foam pit with a bar over it and things hanging from the ceiling and you know and it was all you know you felt kind of like safe but then you start going for it a little bit and i was doing like you know Backflip, flip, full twist, you know, just jumping mm-hmm. off. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know I could mm-hmm. still like
0: do that. When they were littler, I like to take my kids to trampoline park and just wow them because I'm like, look what mom can do. And they're totally. like, what? How?
1: <laughs> I, I just think gymnastics is the best sport in the world because it's just so fun to play with your body that way. Like when you're a gymnast, your body can do anything. And so you're just like, Oh, let's try this. Right. And I didn't have any appreciation for it, obviously, when I was yes. like, 15. But now I'm like, Oh, my God, I would just like put myself in a pretzel and then do like three backflips. And it was like, no big deal. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> like... Talk
0: about a good foundation. I mean, coordination and endurance and delayed gratification. It was a good foundation, not only for physical health, but just for life mm-hmm. in general, I think so.
1: I- agreed. I actually worked in the Olympic Training Center in Puerto Rico um, as a doctor, and I never saw gymnasts from an athletic standpoint. My theory is that pretty much every other sport I saw, and they were mostly overuse injuries where you're working in like one plane of function, but with gymnasts, you're strong and you're flexible. So you don't really get overuse injuries because you're working in all planes and also, you know, you're strong over a range. So you're
0: not just like Uh a power lifter thing. And so that's my theory. I like it. <laughs> okay, let's see. If you knew you could not fail, what would you do?
1: So I would do two very different things. One is related to sports and one is related to my business. If I could go back in time, I would maybe be a Cirque du Soleil performer.
0: <laughs> oh, nice.
1: I mean, there's so many or I would be like a professional skydiver. Because honestly, when I did that, I was like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs>
0: I want to live doing this. <laughs> yes, totally. I mean,
1: every day is fun. So I would definitely be some sort of professional athlete or use my body. But the other thing now that I'm old and work, and that's not my primary goal. I mean, I would honestly love to throw like these huge retreats where I'm focusing on health and wellness in like Bali or something and just really like affect a much more broad range of people than just the one-on-ones you know that I do and just like this is how you live a healthy lifestyle and everyone's in a good mood.
0: If you ever decide to throw one send me an invite. Okay (laughs) you got it. (laughs) All right if you could have any celebrity be your best friend who would you pick?
1: I would pick Lady Gaga for sure. She seems fun and she unapologetically stands up for what she believes in. And I, my, I guess, political leanings often, not all the time, but fall in line with hers. But I really just admire that she puts herself out there unapologetically, but also not harming other people. She's just like really puts her money where her mouth is. I really admire that. Perfect. Okay. How about you?
0: Oh, uh, Jennifer Garner, for sure. Okay. Nice. She is so goofy. I think she just lines up with my Philosophy in life, which is no one's as fancy as they look, and let's yes. you know, let, let's just spend our time trying to disarm everybody's insecurities and intimidations because really we're all just hot messes on the run. It's you true. Know? <laughs> it's true. Totally. Okay. What's your favorite thing about the place that you live? That everybody's athletic.
1: My friend group, I mean, was literally founded on mountain biking, and so we go for mountain bike rides and then we go get a beer or something. I mean, truly, it's about having fun. My, my husband calls Colorado as a place young people come to retire because it really seems like everybody, <laughs> I mean, nobody in our friend group is retired, but that everybody really values quality of life versus like I'm from Southern California where I feel like money kind of predominates and people are stressed uh, out and very type A. And so here it's like people definitely value quality of life which is nice to be surrounded by (laughs) whenever I go back. And I miss San Diego and I was just there this summer and I go back and it definitely has part of my heart, but less and less as I get older, I think because I just, my values are different, right? Like I value mountain biking with my kids and hiking and being outdoors as opposed to just working to pay for the higher gas and moving fast and like driving a Tesla. And yeah, don't get me wrong. I I would like to have a bigger house or a Tesla, but that's not my
0: priority. Yeah. You're not going to sacrifice the things you love for that. Correct. Awesome. Okay, well, as you know, the point of this podcast is to tell your crazy stories so that everybody <laughs> re- remembers they're not alone. So what do you have for us today?
1: I mean, I have like just two kind of what I think are small ones, but it felt huge at the time. Mm-hmm. Growing up, I was the shyest person you've ever met. So you imagine the shyest. Person you know and times it by a billion and that was me like I couldn't even go to McDonald's and ask for a burger my younger sister would have to talk for me like I was so shy so my jaw so, is
0: hanging open you've obviously gotten over it that's number one number two same oh my gosh I was so shy yeah i am gotten
1: past it maybe you feel this way too every now and then there's a shy girl inside of me I just like don't let it I feel like I missed out on so much because I was so shy right like I would definitely kind of get walked on a little bit or walked over or passed over on things just because I never spoke up. I think as physicians, you know, like the first time you're seeing patients or even like in, as an intern, or resident, you know, when you're on call and running a code, nobody wants a shy doctor. <laughs> so
0: You have to fiercely advocate for yourself. You have to fiercely advocate for your patient. It's just the way it is. Totally. Yeah.
1: yeah. So. Yeah. So anyhow, being that shy, I was still that shy in high school. It was was until college I came out of it. But I showed up for spirit week, <laughs> totally dressed up a week ahead of time. No. no. To me, it was like the worst day of my life. Fortunately, the first day was something like hippie day or something. So I wasn't like clown day or it wasn't crazy hair day. Yeah. But I just remember wearing this long flowy skirt and some beads and like, you know, a headband in my hair, which just didn't also fit the fashion of the time either. But it was still, you know, like I just looked like a hippie and like I took off my beads real quick. But I mean, I was mortified like all day. I wanted to run and hide. Oh. I and mean, there's only a couple of people that really noticed because like I said, it's been a fashion of the time, but it wasn't crazy purple hair day or something.
0: Oh my gosh. I just want to go hug <laughs> 16-year-old Jordana Quinn. I'm so sorry. I, my girls are 15 <laughs> and 17 right now. So it just hurts me. But you know what's so funny? That is one of my fears too. <laughs> I've been dressing up my kids for spirit week, like all through elementary school. I'd be like double and triple checking the calendar. Like I do not want to send them to school with oh, that's so funny <laughs> pipe cleaners in their braids. <laughs> Totally. And then the, uh, another thing I have is like, if I'm going to a costume party, I'm like, are you sure it's costume party? Are you sure it's costume party? We're coming in costume, right? Everyone's coming in costume, right? Yeah, totally.
1: My husband did that a few years ago. He showed up to a costume party and it was a costume party, but then they canceled it, but no one told him. And so he was one of the only ones. And I still like, as an adult, I mean, I wouldn't have been mortified, but I would have been pretty dang embarrassed. But he was fine. He was just like, whatever. It was fun. I'm like, oh my god, I would have ran home. So <laughs>
0: cute. What's well, like a, right now? I just be like, isn't this hilarious? Look, you guys, I'm in my costume. But yeah, like the, the shy girl inside of me would be cringing just a little bit. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh, I'm I, so sorry that happened to you. Uh, but also, uh, isn't it funny how in high school the things that we think we want to die over are just little footnotes yeah. in our lives now? You know, totally, totally. And then, like it wouldn't, like you
1: said, I mean, if I showed up dressed up funny, I would laugh. I could probably laugh it off. We perceive ourselves as a completely different way than the person across from us are perceiving us. So it doesn't really matter. Like none of it matters anyhow. what we're wearing. I know.
0: I know. I try to tell my girls like people aren't looking at you the way you think they are. They really are only thinking about themselves for the most part. It's true. It's true. Especially (laughs) as a teenager. Yes, yes. If only they could like let go of that anxiety, that would be so nice. But you know, some of those things you just have to learn by living. Oh, 100%. I am so excited to be saying this after a very long wait. This episode is brought to you by Shelfie Shop. Shelfie Shop is my online store where I sell my shelfies, which is a line of women's loungewear that is for the no bra zone. When I get home, I take my bra off. And that's just sort of like a mental indicator to me that I'm in for the day. And it makes me more comfortable physically. But then I sometimes feel like I'm flapping in the breeze and I need a little bit more support and some coverage so I don't traumatize the UPS man if I open the door without my bra on. So I started wearing shelf bra tanks and then I decided that I wanted all of my pajamas to have shelf bras and could not find anything anywhere for years. Well, finally, I made a prototype. I designed my own. I loved them. And then I thought, hey, maybe other people would like this too. So I set about to design a line of loungewear that had two important aspects. Number one, each outfit has to have a shelf bra. The shelf bra has to be soft. It has to have good nipple coverage but not be so thick that it adds bulk. It has to have separation so that I don't look like I have a boob loaf in there like you do when you're in a sports bra. And I don't know about you guys, but I do all of my housework and all of my lounging around in my cozy clothes, and most of them don't have pockets. I'm listening to podcasts, or I'm listening to music, or I just want my phone with me in case somebody texts me, and I'm back and forth zigzagging across the house. So all of Shelfie Shop's outfits have a pocket for your phone that's out of the way so that you can bend and squat and do anything you need to do and your phone's not in an uncomfortable place in your pocket. Shelfies are released in exclusive small batch collections, each unique from the last, but always including Shelfie's best features. The most important feature is the cozy shelf brow. The second is the foam pocket. Each collection will also include a unique variety of fun prints, but also beautiful solids. They have tagless labels for maximum coziness, luxurious, soft, premium fabric. This fabric, you guys, I just opened my online store. The first two reviews both included the word butter, if that gives you any idea how wonderful this fabric is. And they are made in small handmade runs, which allow for exquisite quality. So I would be absolutely honored if you would head to shelfyshop.com. That's S-H-E-L-F-I-E-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. It's S-H-O-P-P-E, not because we're fancy, but because Shelfie Shop without the extra P-E was already taken when I went to get my URL. I'm telling you what, shelfies feel like pajamas and you can sleep in them, but they also look like street clothes and you can wear them anywhere. Go to shelfyshop.com, use the promo code FANCY FREE, and you will get free shipping. I would absolutely love it if you would check it out. And here is to incognito pajama wearing and being cozy. Okay, what else happened to you?
1: Well, this actually kind of happened more than once, but this happened in my professional career. I was literally at a conference and I don't remember what instigated it, but you know, someone just said something and I replayed like a joke in my head and I started laughing out loud, like literally in the, I mean, there's hundreds of physicians in the conference and I just start laughing in my seat. And then I was laughing at the fact that I was laughing like out of nowhere. And then I started laughing at the fact that like people thought I was crazy, you know, it just like spiraled in my head and I was laughing so hard. I had to leave the room. There was tears coming down my eyes. I felt like like the Joker or something. Like I felt like a crazy person. But you know, it just like, spiraled in my head about how ridiculous and funny and stupid I must have looked. I just felt so embarrassed because I, I rarely sit in the front of a conference, and of course, I'm sitting like close oh. to the front, and I, like, I have to walk my butt out of the conference I room.
0: yourself, and then you would like say to the speaker, "Can you pause for a minute? I just want to let you know I'm not laughing at you." Goodbye. <laughs> I
1: know, exactly. Sorry. I I was laughing so hard. I didn't even know what it was at. And that used to happen to me a lot, actually, kind of growing up or in my research before I went to medical school. And like randomly when I was doing research, I would crack up and my advisor just used to think like I was the happiest person ever. And it was fine. Like, to me, I was like, but I can't stop laughing. And I mostly grew out of it. But at that conference, it was, I don't know, felt oh, very yeah. embarrassing. Again, oh. if someone laughed at a conference now, and I would just, like, think it was silly. But I would never remember them. But in my mind, every single person in that room will never forget my face, you know.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They've all pinned you up like you've written a bad check or something. <laughs> don't let this lady in. She's not... <laughs>
1: <laughs> or, like, they were all writing me prescriptions. Like, just, I don't know. <laughs> Trying to
0: diagnose you in their heads. Exactly.
1: As out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: oh, that's so cute. I have had that happen to me too. I don't know. I, I'm sort of starting to think maybe we have a very similar personality in nature, but I've had that happen to me too. And it happened a lot in high school. And I had a girlfriend who literally tried to help me troubleshoot the situation. She's like, okay. I thought of something. What I want you to do the next time you start laughing inappropriately and you cannot stop is think about dead puppies. And I will I never forget that. It. I was like, that is work? disturbing. <laughs> it does work. It's disturbing and so useful
1: <laughs> and sobering. That's so interesting. I remember my uh, advisor in my master's program because I feel like for some reason, those two years when I was doing research, writing a thesis, It happened a lot. I don't know if there was something biochemically off or just I was like happy at that stage of my life. But she like, I literally remember her being like, I don't see how this is a problem. I'm like, no, it's a problem. Like I can't control it. And we had like a whole dialogue about it. (laughs) And she really, and I guess now outside looking in, if I just saw someone laughing, I would think, wow, they're super happy and they're having a great time. But to me, it felt like a huge problem. How do I stop this uncontrollable laughter? Yeah, exactly. It's,
0: It's like you don't completely have control of your faculties. The inhibited side of you is like, what is happening right now? Yes. One of the things that happens to me too, is that my funny bone gets tickled really easily and often and At quirky things. And my kids are always like, oh, mom, what are you even laughing about now? And I'm like, (laughs) because (laughs) things are funny to me. I don't know. And I almost feel like, especially since I've had this philosophy that we need to be telling each other these embarrassing stories. Everything's funnier to me because I'm like looking for humor in life and there's so much more when you're looking for it than there is if you aren't looking for it. So that's so nice. Pretty Great way to live.
1: (laughs) It's such a great way to live. I I totally agree with you. So I'm not anti your philosophy at all. I need to take that more and live by it more because I do find humor in the quirky things where people look at me and they're like, what's so funny about that? Well, my husband will watch me like text and then I'm cracking up and he's like, what did you just write? It's never like, what What did someone text you? He's like, what did you just write? Cause I laugh at myself. All the time. And
0: you're like, I am so hilarious. Exactly.
1: <laughs> my friend is always like, I know you're laughing at yourself right now. Like uh, via
0: text and I'm like, it's true. I think I'm the funniest. <laughs> well, the other thing about me is I do I do the same thing. I'm like, I am so hilarious. I listen to this plan words I came up with or something. And I'm always yes. telling my husband, he's like, You are so cute and you're not quite as funny as you think you are, but I love you for it, you know? But um it's like, well, I am as funny as I think I am because I'm only trying to make myself laugh. I'm just amused at this. You know, it's it's not like I'm looking for exterior validation of it. It's totally. just like this fun little thing I do. And when I was a kid, I was not funny. I've always enjoyed laughing. And- and I still don't think I'm funny, not like life of the party funny. I just get my bunny bone tickled. But when I was young, I remember one time I was at a slumber party and I was trying to tell a story and I thought it was going to be funny and it was just crickets. And I was, I was like eight years old. Like, oh my gosh, I felt like I could just die. So then I somehow got in my head, I'm not funny. I'm not even going to try to be funny. And yeah. then you get a little older and you're like, who cares as long as I'm amused? You know, that's all that I, yeah. I need. And so I do, I think there's just like a freedom in it as you, 100%. as you become. I'm less sort Careless. Of self-conscious yeah it's, it's so nice also similar
1: to you i can't tell a joke to save my life oh, i either God. laugh too hard before i finish get to the punchline yes. or i forget the punchline mm-hmm. but i think i'm funny like you said like a play on words like i'm very much into wordplay or whatever and oh, so yeah. i'm always hearing those sorts of things and, and so those are the things i think are
0: funny yes that's exactly it's just, yes you get you get me yeah Okay, it's time to talk about life hacks. What's a quick life hack that you have for us today?
1: Mindset. Everything you think is a choice. So life can be difficult and life can be hard. You don't have control of it all, but how you choose to perceive it and react to it is actually a choice. So if you can take control of your thoughts and or of your emotions, then you can really succeed in life.
0: Oh, that's so good. That is definitely something that is learned.
1: Yeah. And it's a work in progress for me every day. Yes, but sure. It's so true. I'll be angry about something and then I will decide to not be angry. And not that it just goes away, but I look at it a different way. And immediately the stress of the situation in my body is alleviated, if not gone, depending on what the situation is.
0: What have you been loving lately that you think the listeners might love too?
1: I love the show Dear White People. I don't know if you've watched it at all.
0: I've never even heard of it. So tell me about it.
1: It's on Netflix. It was recommended with the whole Black Lives Matter, everything coming up. I wanted to just make sure I'm not just living in my oblivious white privilege. And so it was one of the things that was recommended to watch. There's been a lot of them. This one is more lighthearted and fun, but I do think there's some learning to be had as well.
0: What is one surprising thing about you nobody would be able to tell just by looking?
1: We already kind of touched on it, just how shy I was growing up. I think also, just kind of based on that, and I hope this speaks to really anybody, an entrepreneur, or a teenager, just someone anywhere in life, is we all suffer from our insecurities or our not being confident. And that can change from day to day. So while I intellectually know I'm really good at what I do as a doctor, there's plenty of moments where I second guess myself and I question myself just because, you know, maybe someone else comes along. I mean, I work a lot like in the male dominated orthopedic world doing stem cells and regenerative medicine. And then I second guess myself because I don't get validation from them or whatever. And so I think I am happy that I come across as ultra confident now and that I know what I'm doing because I do, but I still go in and out of suffering from, you know, imposter syndrome or lack of confidence.
0: Yeah, I think that people don't understand how much wiggle room there is in medicine and how many different ways there are to deal with so many of the problems that people bring in. And so there's so many judgment calls that doctors are making all the time. So many. That is exhausting. Yes. It's really hard, especially if you aren't a narcissist and you care about your patients. It's really hard not to worry and second guess.
1: Yeah. Even if I've done it a hundred times, you know, a patient will call and my first instinct is like, oh God, what did I do wrong?
0: Oh my gosh, yes
1: as humans, very rarely do patients call or write a review that's just positive. But yeah. so often I have yeah. gotten that. But so my first inclination is like, oh, God, what I do wrong or what's happening. But every now and then I get like a call and it's just like, thank you. Or you made me feel oh. better. And I'm just like, oh, God, I'm so glad that's what right. you're calling. <laughs> you know?
0: Yes. It's so funny. I mean, it almost is the feeling like you know when you're driving and you see a cop in your rear view, you automatically yeah. think I'm a crim- I'm a criminal. Yes, totally. <laughs> Why is it that when my husband has a question about this credit card statement or a bill, immediately yeah. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have forgotten to pay the the mortgage for the last ten years or something. You know, yes, it's totally. like oh, <laughs> Joanne. <laughs> it's, yes, you got this. He just has a question about like, is this a legit charge or whatever? Like, right. It doesn't mean that he thinks that you're putting us in the poorhouse. <laughs> totally. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> very hard. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Tell our listeners where they can find you and learn more about you.
1: Well, so again, I'm located in Golden, Colorado. I am a cash-based practice, so I can do telemedicine. I'm not tied to insurance companies or anything, so I can see people in any state that I want. And all of my handles are at core medicine. That's K-O-R-E medicine. I'm at www.coremedicine.com. And I put in a little prize for people for a skincare line that I developed with a pharmacist. And it's an all natural skincare line for the busy kind of working mom and entrepreneur. And so it's three products that you need to use twice a day. And that's it. It's not like this 20 minute routine. And I love it. And so it's super discounted right now with the link that I put into our notes.
0: Ooh, excellent. You guys have got to go to the show notes at com slash episode three, And you will find Jordana's special link for a deep discount on her products. It'll be right there in the show notes, but it's biohackmybody.com slash absolute dash skin dash care. Yep. Thank you. That's great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This was so much fun, Jordana. I so always funny. love talking to fellow doctors and I so appreciate your time and I am excited about your practice.
1: Yeah. Thank you. If you drive down to Colorado sometime, come check it out. It's fun.
0: I will definitely look you up. Yeah. I love the direction that you're going and thank you. I am definitely going to be following along. Thank you so much for listening to the Fancy Free Podcast. Wasn't Jordana awesome? She was so much fun. Make sure that you go to fancyfreepodcast.com slash episode eight three to get all the links we discussed today. And make sure that you come back next week for Jennifer Hamilton. She is the OBGYN nurse that you already met in the dating compilation episode. And she is so funny, you guys. So much fun. The way to not miss any shows is to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to the podcast. Also, another reminder to visit Shelfie Shop at S-H-E-L-F-I-E-S-H-O-P-P-E dot com and use the coupon code Fancy Free for free shipping. If you have a story to tell, email me at notfancy fancy at fancyfreepodcast.com or Or you can go straight to fancyfreepodcast.com, click the big red button, and record a story for me. I love, love, love adding listener stories to the episodes, and I would love it if we got more. Also, I just recently got my very first guest request from a listener, and so I am working on that. If you know of anybody who you think would be great on the show, I would be happy to contact that person and see if they'd be willing. So shoot me an email. And if you want more connection, laughter, and sharing, join us in the Fancy Free Facebook group. It's our private little slice of the internet. We do a question of the week each week. And this week, the question is, do you take your bra off right when you get home? I'd love it if you'd follow the Fancy Free podcast on Instagram and tell a friend about the show. Have a wonderful week. And remember, no one is as fancy as they look.